Make sure y'all stay to the end of uh, this episode of Blue Collar Unplugged to see who won the Auburn ticket giveaway from Twitter. We're back. We are back. Hey, everyone. It's good to be back. Uh, We want to, well, before we get into this, I'll remind you who we are. I'm Blake Byler. I'm joined by Matthew Gibson. Howdy. Uh, We are not joined by Jacob today. He had other conflicts, which is unfortunate, but we're just going to run a two-man show today. And we miss you, Jacob. Yeah, we miss you, Jacob. But it's going to be a really good time. Uh, we're going to talk some hoops. It is currently Sunday, right after the Alabama and Missouri basketball game. Terrible. Really not, not a good game. Matthew, tell us what you saw. Well, I saw Kobe Brown score 30 points. <laughs> Yeah, he did, he did do that. Oh, gosh. Defensively, Alabama has a lot, a lot of growing up to do. They are very soft, and I really don't see a ton of leadership. They they act, they act play like they don't care, and that's the most frustrating part about watching them. They play like they don't care a lot of times. And I think versus Missouri, just Brown and, um, gosh, Jaron Coleman just killed us the entire game. So They I, had their way with whatever they wanted to do. Which is a real problem for a team whose identity not too long ago, a season ago, was defense. And I feel like, honestly, since the last time we recorded an episode, we have, when was the last time we recorded an episode? Around the Houston game? It was, yeah, I think it was. Was it right game. before Memphis? It was right before, yeah, it was right before Memphis. Okay, actually. right before Memphis. So we haven't even talked since those two big wins. And I feel like since then, we have been in a serious rut defensively a lot of teams have absolutely had their way with us whether it be memphis davidson tennessee to a degree inside even florida for the first florida half of the for game. the first half uh just it feels like there's not a lot of effort and i remember seeing uh the the press conference after the florida game when honestly in the second half of the florida game that was the best half of defense this team has played all season they were sitting down. They were guarding. They were tr- they were getting steals. Uh, they were jumping passing lanes. They were being smart. They were rotating, and so seeing that, why I just wonder why that doesn't happen all the time. And it it feels like it has to be an effort thing. It's like a a mental. It's like ninety percent mental that these players have to sit down and just actually choose that this is what they want their identity to be because we we know it works. We saw it work last season. Yep. And so until they do that, it's gonna be it's gonna be rough. Luckily, the offense looks good. Yeah. We scored eighty six versus Missouri, but give up ninety two. <laughs> yeah, that you can't you can't it's, give up ninety two points you, and expect to win any basketball. Do you game. know how hard it is to lose a college basketball game scoring eighty six points? Like really hard. Really hard. I think who what was it Christian on Twitter said that Alabama is like it was a lot and like four. It was like 15 wins, 20 wins, and four losses under Nate Oates when Alabama scores 80 points. Yep. And I think the majority of those came in Oates' first season in 2020. And I was saying this earlier, but a lot of uh, a lot of what I see in this team, it feels a lot like the 2020 team did, where you can score 90 on any given night, but you could also give up 95. And if like that's why that team went 16 and 15 is because the offense was there, but there was no effort defensively. And so this team, right now, feels like that team, but with more talent. I agree. Which is why they've won more games against 
better teams, but the the defensive effort is just not there. Where are we at? And let me pull up Ken Palm and see where we're at defensively. We're at we're ranked 17th in Ken Palm in the AP poll tomorrow. I think we'll be around between like 18 and 22. Mm, you I think, think, we're, I think we may fall a little bit below that, but I wouldn't surprise me if we're in that range. I think we'll still be ranked. Oh, we, just will. we of definitely the, will. Just because of the wind. Yeah. Uh, we're 59th in adjusted defi- uh, in adjusted D, or defensive efficiency. Which last year, I believe, we were fourth. We finished fourth We last finished year. either fourth or third, yeah. Yeah. And so, for those of you who don't know, defensive efficiency is defined by points allowed per 100 possessions. And so, per 100 possessions, we are allowing the 59th least points in the country. It's not, we are borderline a top 60 defense. Now, on the other side of the ball, we are 8th in adjusted offense. We are scoring 118 points per 100 possessions. That's really good. The offense is clicking. Nobody can stay in front of Javon Quinley right now. No, absolutely not. He Right now, he is the best point guard and possibly the best player in the SEC. Besides... Jabari Smith, who yep. we'll talk about later. But Quinterly is playing as good as anyone on our team, as good as anyone on any team right now. No one can stay in front of him. He's showcasing he's showcasing his vision. He had back to back plays at the end of the Florida game when they were trying to come back and he would it, we ran the exact same play twice in a row. And we uh Quinterly took a screen to the right, he drove down the lane. Shackelford set like a back screen for Gary, and then Gary cut baseline, and both times Quinterly found him easily, and it takes no effort. He did the same thing against Tennessee. He carved up Tennessee with the pick and roll, finding Bediaco down low, finding Gary down low, and we have guys that can finish down there. And so when our offense is running through him, we are so dangerous. And it was nice to. It's been really nice to see the offense clicking the past few games because I remember we were in a little rut offensively when we played Jacksonville State. And when we played um, Memphis, too, we were struggling in the half court. Memphis was just ugly. Memphis was around. so bad. All around. I expect like, that was one of those games where it was just so obvious to tell coming in that we were going to lose that game. Like, they were desperate for a win. They had lost, like, four in a row to, like, bad teams. And we came in on a high, and we were exhausted off beating Houston and Gonzaga. They needed it way more than we needed that game, and Memphis just yeah, and they haven't like ugly. they've hardly won a game since then, which is really frustrating. Hurts the net ranking a little bit. Speaking of, I want to see what we are in the net rankings. Let's see here. We are, oh wow, twenty second. That's not terrible. We are four and two in quad one games. Three and one in quad two games, four and one in quad three games. So the Missouri loss was a quad three loss, which doesn't look great. Ooh, was it? Yeah. Okay. It was not a seen, quad four. I've never seen tweets on the timeline about it being a quad four, it, but I did not check that. It wasn't a quad <laughs> four because it was on the road. Okay. It uh, if it was at home, it would have been. Our game against Missouri at home in two weeks is currently our only quad four game on the schedule, which is really good. That's really good. At this rate, Arkansas might be a quad four game. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> they do not look good, and that's really funny to it's me. It's hilarious. It's, They're coming up a little short this year. Yeah, just, just a little short. Just a little short. I wonder why. Another win that's looking really good for us, this is a little off track, but another win that's looking really good is Miami. Oh, absolutely. Miami's won nine in a row since we since we beat them. Is that right? 
I think so, and they just beat Duke. Eight or nine, and they just beat Duke. So since we beat them by 32 points in Orlando, they have not lost. Jim Laranega, baby. Which that looks really good on our resume moving forward. Matthew, one thing I do want to talk about is how do you see this team, like what do you project in the future? Like how do you think we're looking? We're not going to talk about the Auburn game yet because we're going to talk about that later. But past that, like, how do you see, like, kind of maybe like an SEC record prediction with where we stand right now? I don't know about record prediction, but I do think Alabama's still top four team in the SEC. Mm -hmm. Um, Who would you put them with? Oh, right now, probably Kentucky, Auburn. um, LSU or Tennessee? LSU and Tennessee. Yeah, this top five. I would agree. Um. They have to get the defensive issues settled, and somebody has to step up as step up as a leader. I love Javon Quinterly. I wish he would take more, would be more assertive, like a vocal, like kind a vocal of, leader, yeah, like we, Herb Jones. Herb Jones was the best vocal leader Alabama's probably, honestly, maybe ever had. Then might ever have. Might Herb like that's another thing. Herb Jones probably the most underappreciated Alabama player ever. He's yes, he's li- quite literally one of the greatest Alabama basketball players ever. He absolutely is, and we are seeing that this year and it kind of got glossed over the fact that he was the sec defensive player of the year the sec player of the year and a third team all-american all last year at the same time like he he had that good of a season and so we couldn't just expect to move on and act like nothing happened like we had guys like we looked at like maybe Keon ellis to fill that kind of role like his role on the court but his role in the locker room his role off the court that's another thing that was irreplaceable about Herb that we're still looking to find who is that leader on this team and luckily it's only January 9th which means we have a lot of time to find who that leader is you don't win tournaments in January 9th which is really good that means we have time Alabama right now they're just bipolar they could be a you don't know what they're gonna do they could be a first round exit type kind of team they could be an elite eight team I like I said the, a big thing for me right now is just finding a vocal leader, which Keon Ellis leads by example. The one other guy that has, I think has done an okay job about it so far this year has been Jawan Gary. Jawan mm-hmm. Gary's been very impressive. He's He always has fantastic body language. That's one thing that's bothered me a little bit about Alabama. Their body language is not the They'll best. They'll get in their own heads, it feels like. Absolutely. Like they, you can see in Jaden Shackelford's face when he's missed a couple shots in a row that it's getting to him. Yep. Or you could see in... Uh, like if uh, Quinterly misses a layup or something, it kind of feels like it gets to him a little bit. Yeah, especially if Quinterly is missing free throws. If Quinterly is missing free right. throws, it really gets in his head. It definitely does. Um, but Jawan Gary always has fantastic body language. He always plays very, very hard. Um, he's been very impressive to me this year. Um, he's a very important piece going he's forward. Extremely important piece. I want to see more. I also want to see more from Noah Gurley. After that game we saw in Tennessee, Noah Gurley he's, he's been playing better. He's played better. He, He's got to stop fouling. Same yeah. with Bediaco. We got to keep them out of foul trouble because our defense looks a lot better with Bediaco in protecting the uh, the rim unless a team tries to run on us like Missouri did. Which, where he, yeah, he didn't get a lot of minutes. Only played eight minutes. Yeah, but uh, moving forward, there there are a lot of tough games coming up. The I think the month of January is a lot harder than the month of February. Actually, that might not even be true. The schedule is so hard. It's bad. Um, The SEC is one of the deepest conferences in college basketball, which is crazy to say because a couple years ago, the SEC was a joke, and we'd get like maybe three or four bids to the NCAA tournament. Now this year, 
we're looking at like seven, maybe. We have the five teams. We we have Alabama, Auburn, Kentucky, LSU, uh, Tennessee, Mississippi State could get a bid. Florida could get a bid. A&M's playing really well right now. Yeah, I've given Arkansas flack, but Arkansas, Arkansas is the type of team that could get into the tournament and they like, could win the tournament and get a bid. And Ole Miss is playing pretty well right now, too. Yeah, they are. Like, there are a ton of teams that could end up being potential tournament teams. And so, if you look at the schedule, even after Auburn, you have Mississippi State on the road. That's really hard. Humphrey is a really hard place to play in. Then you have LSU at home. LSU looks incredible, except for the Auburn game. LSU went and smacked up Tennessee the other day which is really scary. Then you have Missouri again, the team that just beat us. Then you have Georgia on the road. We're going to win that game by 50. They're terrible. We kind of said that about Missouri, though. Well, we <laughs> did. That's very true. That's very true. We have to come and play. Well, then we have Baylor. You know how Alabama wow. would be? We'd lose the Georgia game, then go out and beat Baylor and Auburn. No, 100%. That's exactly. the. It's weird. This team only... It feels like this team only tries and only gives their best effort when there's a number next to the opponent's name. Which, from January 29th to February 3rd, or February 5th, my bad, you get Baylor, you get Auburn, you get Kentucky. That's the number one Sounds like 3-0 and o to me. The, <laughs> <laughs> the number nine ranked team and the number 16th ranked team in Kentucky. It's And Auburn's going to be much higher than nine tomorrow. Oh, yeah. I think they're a top five or six team right now. Auburn's a, probably a top three team. Maybe a top three team. I, think a top <laughs> I didn't want to say it. And what's scary? I don't like admitting that. I don't like admitting it either. But what's scary about Auburn is I don't think Auburn's reached their potential either. They've, they're not. No, peaking. they're not like they're not peaking. That's the scary part. Speaking yeah. of Auburn, we can go ahead and start talking about this massive game coming up this week. It's not the game on Monday. It is the game on Tuesday. It is the game on Tuesday. The Iron Bowl of basketball, Alabama and Auburn. Coleman Coliseum, 8 p.m. Central. This will be, I looked this up earlier, and I had this stat, but now I forgot it, and I had, don't have enough time to look it up. But this will be the first time that an Iron Bowl of basketball has been between two ranked teams, Alabama and Auburn both being ranked since, I believe, the 80s. Really? Yes. Wow, okay. There have been times where one team has been ranked, where either it's been just Alabama or... Or like in the early 2000s, or just just Auburn, or whatever. But we have not seen both these teams ranked and playing each other since the 80s, which is insane. And it goes to show how much revitalization basketball has had in this state. Oh yeah, and that's Alabama's producing good recruits now too. They did mm-hmm. not do that for a very long and time. Auburn is too. Yeah, They both are bringing in, both these programs are bringing in insane amounts of talent. Nate Oates and Bruce Pearl are two of the top five coaches in the SEC. Maybe top three? I don't know how far we want to go there, but like both of these coaches are bringing in insane recruits. Both fan bases are very excited about the future, and this is going to be a very intense rivalry and- for the next however long these two coaches oh, it's are here. slowly becoming one of the best rivalries in college basketball. I think so, too. The, the fan bases are consistently going at each other on Twitter. Like, the, the, the fans care, and you can see it, and that's a really good thing for basketball in this state, especially with the kind of atmosphere that I think we're going to have in Coleman on Tuesday night. They don't like each other They at do all. not like each other. 
You saw, I remember last year when we went and played, uh, Alabama went and played in Auburn Arena and there were no fans or very limited number of fans, but still the players were jawing at each other. I remember uh, they were uh, like they were yelling back and forth across the court after the game ended, uh, like across the court because they couldn't go shake hands yet because of COVID and COVID stuff. Reasons, yeah. And so they were just like yelling at each other across the court. Like that's the kind of energy I'm excited to see on Tuesday night. That Very was the Josh excited. Primo game. By that the way. was the Josh Primo game. He had what four threes in the first like five minutes yeah. or something like that. Um, which kind of going back to previous topics, but. That's another thing Alabama is missing this year so much is Josh Primo. Oh, if we had Josh Primo right now. Oh, Primo, my goodness. Even though he was a freshman, he was 17 years old, 17, 18 years old, um, he was so steady. He was consistent, and he was a lot like – he was like J.D. Davison has been so far this year in that he chose his shots very selectively, but he, he made every – it felt like he made every shot he could. He was very smart, and we miss him on defense. He's too. A really smart, he and he was a great spectacular defender. Spectacular defender. He was six foot six. He was a huge guard. Yeah, and that's a matchup problem on defense. Man, I really wish we had him. That'd be really nice. But let's jump in to kind of previewing what we can expect to see from Auburn on Tuesday. You can expect to see a lot of Jabari Smith. Yes, a lot of Jabari Smith. I think Jabari Smith. Uh, he's a freshman from Atlanta. I think he might be the number one prospect in the NBA draft. He is at the very least top three. He or Paolo. I think it's one he of He or Paolo. Two. I think they're both better than Chet Holmgren. Oh, yeah. And I think Jabari might be the best one. Jabari has Jabari can shoot from anywhere. He can put the ball on the deck. He can finish. He can dribble. He can take it coast to coast. He can pass. Like he is the total package. He's what? He's six foot ten, two hundred twenty pounds. On the season, he's averaging 15.5 points a game, 6 rebounds. Like, he does everything. And the scariest part is that he might not even be their biggest threat on the offensive side of the basketball. They have uh, one of their craziest weapons is Wendell Green Jr., who comes off the bench for them. And Wendell Green is a transfer from, I believe it's Eastern Kentucky. Yeah, it was Eastern Kentucky. They start uh, Zepp Jasper, who's a really defensive specialist point guard but Wendell Green comes off the bench and this man is a scoring machine he's kind of undersized I think he's only like 6'1 6'2 right oh he's 5'11 he's 5'11 never mind he doesn't play like he's 5'11 he plays like a bigger guard he can shoot from anywhere and when I say anywhere I mean anywhere if you you go ahead okay he's a lot like Jared Harper was for yes that's exactly right he's a lot like Jared Harper he will pull from the logo, he will pull from deeper than the logo, and he will make it. I think he makes close to one logo three a game, which is terrifying. They also have Katie Johnson, transfer from Georgia. He's just an energizer bunny at shooting guard. And he's bulky, he's strong. He went crazy when they were playing in the, uh, in the where were they, Bahamas? Is that where their tournament was? I think it was the Bahamas. It was Atlantis. Yeah, it was in the Bahamas. He went crazy against UConn, against Michigan State. They played no, they didn't play Michigan State. Against uh Loyola. That's who it was. Against Loyola. He played so well. And that's not even the scariest part. The scariest part is probably Walker Kessler, their center. Tell us a little bit about Walker Kessler. <laughs> he's big, he's white, and he's probably just as good as or every bit as good as Jabari Smith is. Um ridiculous defensively. Oh my goodness. He, he, he had a triple double last week 
including 11 blocks. Oh, I'm so scared of him. Oh, my goodness. He ha- he averages 10 points and 8 rebounds on the season. He's seven foot one, 245 pounds. He knows how to move his body for being that size. He can get around the lane. He's not like he's not fast, but he's kind of quick. Like he can move like small distances, cover like small distances faster than he should be for someone that size. Are you saying he's sneaky athletic because he's white? Maybe. I actually might be saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize it, but yes, I am saying that. I will that. forever hate North Carolina for not being able to utilize him and letting him go. Yeah, to he transferred from North Carolina because they played him behind Garrison Brooks, who's at Mississippi State now, doing what? Jack. Nothing. So Less than Walker Kessler. And besides all of them, they also bring in former starter Jalen Williams off the bench. They bring in former starter Devin Cambridge off the bench. They're just super deep. I think they go 10 deep consistently, Yeah, which is scary. They also recently got back Alan Flanagan. That's Yes. How did I not even talk about Alan Flanagan? He was their best player a year ago. He was. And Alan Flanagan was a 15-point-a-game guy. He's a small forward. He can... Uh, he has a really nice jump shot from most places. I don't know how good of a three point shooter is he. I think he's pretty solid. Um, he's a he scares serviceable he's, three he's point very, shooter. Like wingspan is just huge. He's a great defender. That's the he's bulky. Big, They're yeah, a great bulky. defensive team. They're exactly. They are eighth in uh, adjusted defense. Yeah, I mean, on last, Ken Palm. Last year, there was talk about him being, you know, before the injury, a, a late lotto pick this year. I, yeah, <laughs> and now he's back. He is nowhere close to even what he could be. Nope. And the scary part is that it doesn't matter. It feels like it doesn't matter who they're playing. They play the same game every time. They're very consistent in how they play. They are. And it's always incredibly high energy. Active defense, active hands, steals, and they don't shoot as many threes necessarily as Alabama, but they shoot enough threes to make it terrifying for other teams. Like, they're a very good three-point shooting team. They are. Uh, So, what does Alabama have to do to beat this team? Well, one, they have to lock in defensively. Um, Gosh, Auburn likes to run, too. Don't get that lost. Auburn does love to run. Um which that'll be an issue with Jabari Smith. I don't know who Alabama is going to put on Jabari Smith for this game. It's Jawan Gary. Ah, uh, there's the Jawan Gary button. It uh, has to be Jawan Gary, right? It has to be, but but Jab- he's undersized. He's six. Jabari Smith is six foot ten. Jawan Gary is maybe six seven on a good day, right? Maybe. Maybe I'll give him six six. <laughs> six six. Yeah. Oh goodness. But, that, but the strength is there. Oh, it definitely is. He's very strong. Didn't right. we put? We put him on Chet a couple times, which Chet's we played. Okay, so we played a really good front court before. We have with Drew Timmy and Chet Holmgren and Gonzaga. What were our matchups there? We put Betty Ako on Timmy, right? We did, and we put Gary on Chet because Chet was the more athletic, the more guard-like one. Yes. So I think we have to follow that same formula here, and we have to put Betty Ako on Kessler. And oh boy, is Betty Ako going to have to eat his Wheaties Monday night and be ready to? bang with Kessler in the post because that's terrifying but then Gary is gonna have to play is gonna have to guard uh Smith and I think that's like Jabari's gonna get his I think Jabari's gonna get his and Kessler is gonna do be as disruptive as he can I think what you have to do defensively is you have to guard Wendell Green and you have to guard Katie Johnson 
Wendell Green can't have 20 off the bench. That just cannot happen. Javon Quinterly or Shackelford or whoever is matched up with Green is going to have to face guard him, not let him get a shot off. I'd put Keon Ellis on him. I know Keon, he's been a little off. You'd rather put Keon on Green or Johnson mm, or Flanagan? Golly. I think he's got to go on Flanagan. Yeah. With Flanagan, with his size, yeah, there may have to be. Flanagan's so big that you're going to have to put Ellis on him, which means. Quinterly or Shackelford is going to have to bring it defensively to guard Wendell Green. This is a game where we could really see Darius Miles have to have a bigger impact defensively than he's had recently. Yes, because we could you could see sets where you have Miles on Flanagan and that frees up Ellis to guard either Johnson or Green. Exactly. Because Darius Miles is a big guy. He's six six. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's he's long. He's very yeah. Athletic. Long arms. So I think Miles needs to have a bigger game than he's been having recently. He, you know, I he agree. had a really he's, hot start through the year. He did, and he's been in a slump recently, which is not what Alabama needs right now. No. But I think the – I don't know how similar necessarily Auburn is to Gonzaga. I think Auburn might be better than Gonzaga. I think they are. I think their, guard, I think their guards are better, and they have as good of a front court as anyone in the country. But – the blueprint is there to beat a team with a dominant front court. And we did it with Gonzaga. Yep. What I think Alabama has to do, besides just defensively, is they have to make open shots. We can't have any of this beautiful ball movement, driving, kicking, wide open three, and clanking it. You have to make those shots. Those shots have to go down. Another thing is the defense turning into offense. We have to force turnovers. And forcing turnovers leading to transition buckets, that's the whole reason we got out to that big lead against Florida. Yep. It was steals leading to runouts, leading to an Ellis dunk or a layup or something like that. That's where Alabama thrives the most is in transition. And so Alabama has to be able to sit down defensively, guard their man. Jimmy Dykes was calling the Florida game, and he made a really good comment in the first half. He was like, if you are a defender for Alabama, you have to think that I'm on an island by myself. I have no help. I have to sit down, and it is my responsibility to guard the man in front of me, or it's going to hurt my team. And that's the mentality I think all of our players have to have going into this game against Auburn because they're so good at each spot that you can't just sag off and help. If uh, somebody sags off, they're going to dump it off inside to a wide-open Kessler for a dunk. They're going to kick it out for a three, and they're good enough that they're going to make those shots. And so what you have to see is you have to see a sitting down, forcing turnovers, guarding your man, and making shots. It's pretty simple. That's how you win most basketball games. But you have to do it as effective as you can against a team as good as Auburn. So I want to see your prediction for the game. We'll do, we'll do score predictions. Oh, goodness. Uh, prediction. Coleman's going to be very loud. It's going to be packed. Yes, it is. <laughs> I can't wait to be in uh, Coleman for that game. Um, I'll give it 87 82 Auburn. Ouch. Yeah. I, I just think Jabari Smith, Walker Kessler, Wendell Green, just going to be too much for Alabama. Um, I would love to be wrong. I'd love to see, uh, you know, someone step up that maybe we aren't necessarily expecting, maybe like a Noah Gurley or, a, um, you know, have Keon Ellis have a good game again. Jawan Gary going for 40. Jawan Gary. Jawan Gary. Going for 40 points. 40 points. I, yes. That's not my actual prediction, but I would love it to happen. So you got 80, did you say 88, 82? Is that what you said? Or 87, 82? 87, 82, yep. Auburn? Okay. Uh, last time we had a big game like this, 
Matthew picked Gonzaga. I picked Gonzaga. And Jacob picked Alabama. Jacob ended up being right. Jacob's not here, so I'm going to have to pick up Jacob's slack. And I'm going to go with Alabama to win the game. I'm going to go 86 to 80. Alabama. I like that. It's going to be 82 to 80 with about a minute left. And I think that we see the defense get like one or two key stops at the end of the game, free throws, knock it down, get the win. When it comes to that home court advantage, it's going to be big for Alabama. Home court is going to be huge. It's going to be gigantic. If they're in a close game, it's going to be humongous. I absolutely agree. And I also think it is very, very like this team to lose to Missouri and then beat Auburn. That just makes too much sense. (laughs) And so that's what I'm going to go with. So I'm, I'm hoping I'm right. But we will have to see. So we have one more thing to do before we go. And for those of you who don't know, we had an, uh, a giveaway on Twitter. Uh, make sure you follow our Twitter at BCU Podcast to make sure you catch any future giveaways and stay updated on uh, whenever we drop episodes and such. But we had a giveaway that uh, included two free tickets to the Alabama-Auburn basketball game on Tuesday. And I believe Matthew has our winner. All right, and the winner of the giveaway is Mr. Nathan Story. Congratulations, Nathan. We're tied. We hope to see you at the game. Super exciting. Gosh, these are are good tickets, too. Oh, they are. You're going to have a good time. Uh, Nathan, make sure that you uh, just DM uh, BCU Podcast on Twitter. Just DM the podcast Twitter account, and we will get you all set up with all the details you need and get you your tickets. So I think that's going to do it for this episode of Blue Collar Unplugged. Uh, Make sure to follow us on Twitter, like we said. Um, We are going to be more, uh, a little more consistent with the episodes coming this spring. We're all back from Christmas break, which is why we didn't have uh, as many episodes the past couple weeks. But we're all back, uh, and we're all here, and we're ready. This is SEC basketball season. It's prime time. It gets real now and we're an SEC play. So we will uh, hopefully see y'all next week. Roll Tide. Roll Tide.